chapter 5 uh, in your Bibles. Uh, again, that's in the Church Bibles, page 968. And in the large print uh, Bibles, that's 1505. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. And to begin with, I'm just going to read you uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verses 1 to 4. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And this evening we're going to look at that fifth verse, uh, that third uh, beatitude, uh, blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, uh, many commentators on the beatitudes say that as we go through them, uh, the characteristics become uh, more difficult for us, as in not to understand, uh, but more difficult for us uh, to be as Christians. And I found that to be true so far. Uh, I'm finding as I go through these Beatitudes that each one is hammering home in my heart more and more of what I ought to be as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. And this evening as we're looking at meekness, um, I'm finding uh, meekness uh, a great challenge in my own life. And I'm praying that as we look at this uh, verse about meekness, that it also be a challenge to all of us as Christians uh, to live as Jesus has called us to live. But as we do that, before we look at it, I think it's important to remember that the Beatitudes are not descriptions of things we should do, but rather describe the Christian character, rather what we already are. And at the same time, and I praise God for this, this is what is being developed in us by the Holy Spirit. God is working in us. We can't claim to have any of these perfect right now in our lives, but we are growing in these areas if we're Christians as God works on our hearts. And I thank God for that because as we look at these, I see in my own life areas where I struggle in these things. But I praise God that he's at work in each of us. And in this next beatitude, this is as true as any other where Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now remember as well, each one of these beatitudes follows on from the other. They're not just random sayings of Jesus put together uh, in some random order. Uh, it makes sense that they, uh, as we go through. So the first beatitude is poor in spirit. That is, I am totally spiritually bankrupt before God. I cannot save myself. I am a beggar before God. And because of my sin, I am completely separated from God. And there's nothing I can do to save myself. I need Jesus to save me. Only Jesus can save me from my sin. I am poor in spirit. 
But as we recognize our sin, we recognize that I'm poor in spirit, and we see what we have done before a holy God, it causes us to mourn over our sin. And we looked at this uh, last time, blessed are those who mourn. That is mourning over sin. That is sin in our lives, sin in the church, sin in the world around us. It causes us to mourn as in the light of the glory and holiness of God, we see how, how awful sin really is. And we see it in our own lives. But as we see our sin in the light of the holiness of God, what does that cause? Yes, mourning, but also it should cause meekness. And we'll see that uh, as we look at this verse now. And as we've gone through the Beatitudes, uh, we've looked at, first of all, what it, who are blessed, and secondly, what is the blessing. So, who are blessed? It is the meek. Now, meekness is, is hard to define, and it's worth, at the start, dispelling some of the definitions that it is, it is not. So first of all, meekness is not weakness. We're going to see as we go through that to be meek actually takes a great deal of strength. It's not weakness. Neither is it being uh, timid or introverted. Regardless of whether we are outgoing or not, all Christians are called to be meek. Neither is it easygoing or laid back. They're more natural characteristics. I mean, you could use timid and laid back about a dog as much as you can about a human. That's not what Jesus is calling us to here. It's not being spineless. As Christians, we're called to be meek, but we're also called to attack evil and defend the truth. It's not just being overly submissive or, or passive, as in, not caring about anything and just, just saying, nothing really matters, I, I'm just, I'm just going to let it all go. No, we're supposed to be, uh, we're called to lead in certain areas and be meek at the same time. If you look in the English dictionary for meekness, you would find uh, the words weak, timid and spineless as synonyms of meek. But that's a worldly definition and not a biblical one. And in meekness, it is a large subject, but if we're going to uh, put a definition to it, I think we could use uh, this. Meekness is letting go of our pride before God and people. Letting go of our pride before God and people. And it comes from a true view of self. And if, this is where it makes sense, doesn't it, in the Beatitudes. So if we really are poor in spirit and we recognize before God, I am nothing, Because of my sin, I am not able to save myself. I am totally dependent on God to save me. And if we come to a sense of mourning over our sin, we see sin for what it is and we see it in our lives. That is, I am a sinner. I have sinned grossly before God and before other people and against God and against other people. And if we have that view of ourselves then we are meek. We let go of our pride because we realize, you know, I've got nothing to be proud about. And we treat other people with gentleness because we recognize that they're sinners too. That's meekness. Uh, John Blanchard has a great book on the Beatitudes uh, called The Beatitudes for Today. Uh, This is what he says about meekness. Meekness is not weakness, 
nor is it impotence. It is power under control, a byproduct of that brokenness of spirit which leaves no room for self-pity, has not time for defending or promoting one's own reputation, and sees no point in turning one's rights into claims. Notice the letting go of pride here, but in a self-controlled way. It's consciously choosing to put God first and put others before yourself. It is self-control rather than wanting to be in control. Now one thing to understand as 21st century people is that meekness is an old word and in our translations of the Bible, such as the NIV, uh, the word is almost never used. And it's left, I believe, in the Beatitudes because like the Lord's Prayer, it's so well known that the translators didn't want to change uh, the word to something else. But in the rest of the Bible, where in the old translations, such as the authorised version, you'll find the word meek, in more modern translations, it's translated differently. So in the Old Testament, meekness is often translated as humble or poor and needy. Uh, So here's um, two two examples from the Psalms, uh, very short ones, so I'm not going to put them on the screen. But Psalm 22 and verse 26 says, the poor will eat and be satisfied. The poor will eat and be satisfied. It's talking there of the meek. Psalm 25 and verse 9 says, God guides the humble in what is right. That's talking of the meek. God guides the meek in what is right. So it's uh, poor and humble are how the Old Testament would describe uh, meekness. And in the Old Testament, the word is used more in the context of our relationship to God, which is why those words poor and humble are used, because they speak of dependence. And that's what meekness means in that sense. It is humble submission to God that arises out of an acknowledgement that we are totally dependent on him. But as we come to the New Testament, we see meekness used more in the context of our relationship towards other people. So the New Testament word for, for meek is usually and most often translated as gentle. But it always refers to how we relate to people. So let's give two examples. Um, first of all, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul writes, Be completely humble and gentle. The gentle word there meaning being meek. Be patient, bearing with one another in, one another in love. So notice there how Paul elaborates on what gentleness is. Being gentle or being meek is patient with people and bearing one another in love. And then in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, we're told to clothe ourselves with what's on the screen. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness or meekness and patience. What does that look like? Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone... Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So notice that as it talks up there of gentleness, it's how we relate to to people. We relate to people with humility, gentleness and patience, which looks like bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And we do that, why? Because God forgave us. So you can see how it flows in the Beatitudes. So let's dig deeper into what this looks like. First of all, meekness 
in relation to God. So the Christian before God is spiritually bankrupt and completely dependent. And the Christian mourns over sin, which includes repentance, which is turning from sin and following Christ. And as we repent and we follow Jesus, meekness then begins to show itself in our lives. And the reason for this is that meekness in relation to God is all about submission to his will. So the meek person lets go of their pride, lets go of their selfish and sinful desires, and they say to God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The meek know that it's better even to suffer than to sin. Because they come underneath God and they say, your will be done. And they say, your way is better than my way. You are God, I am not. I let go of my pride. I let go of my sinful, selfish desires. Even if I have to suffer and I say, your will be done, I am going to follow you. That's meekness before God. And we're like this because we have seen how we are nothing before God. And we have seen the horror of our sin. And we want to live right for him. And living right for him is submission to his will. And the submission before God in meekness extends beyond just obedience to what he says in the Bible to a submission to the sovereign will of God in all circumstances. So when we don't understand what's going on and when things are going really wrong in our lives, we can say to God, you are God. I am not, and we let go of our pride, and when it's hard and through tears, we can still say, your will be done. That's meekness. Because we come under God and we recognize he is God. He is in control. He is sovereign. I am not. Now, that doesn't mean that circumstances do not hurt us. Meek people are hurting people too. But it does mean that when circumstances confound our plans, even painfully so, We trust God and believe he has all things under control. In our church at this time, we have many who are suffering. And I never cease to be amazed at the faith of God's people in our church under the trials God has allowed to come their way. We can see examples of meekness in our own church as we see people react and relate to God in the midst of huge blows in their lives. If you want to see meekness, look around at our members who are suffering and you'll see great meekness in so many. But often, God uses people to test our meekness the most. And I think as we look at the New Testament, we have to look at meekness in relation to people. The man who is, or woman who is poor in spirit and mourns over their sin, as they realize who they are before God, will also relate not just to God with meekness, but in doing so, relate to other people in meekness. And how we relate to others in terms of being meek is where the rubber, I think, really hits the road. This is so challenging, and as we uh, bear these things in mind that we're about to say, we have to say, Praise God that I can say he's still working on me, because this is hard stuff. But if you want to understand what meekness means, 
in relation to other people, uh, why don't we begin by looking at some biblical examples? And there are many. So I'm going to give, first of all, three Old Testament characters. Uh, First of all, Abraham in Genesis chapter 13. In Genesis 13, Abraham shows his meekness in his relation to his nephew Lot. Now, they, Lot and Abraham were together, uh, and they lived together, but their families and their, their, their herds uh, grew, and there wasn't enough space for both of them. And there was quarreling between the two households. And this is what Abraham said in Genesis chapter 13 and verses 8 and 9. So Abraham said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Notice here, Abraham shows meekness. He, by ending the quarreling, and in order to do so, allowing Lot to have the best pick of the land. If you read on, you'll see that Lot did pick the best land, but it was Abraham that was blessed in the end with the promise of inheriting the land of Canaan. Now, the world would want to pick the best for themselves, wouldn't they? Maybe, if we're honest with ourselves, we would want to pick the best for ourselves. But God's people look to end strife and to look out for the best needs of others. That's meekness. Another example is Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 26, he's proclaiming the word of God and people are wanting to kill him. Listen to this. Imagine this was the reaction to a sermon that we preached here. As soon as Jeremiah finished telling all the people everything the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests, the prophets and all the people seized him and said, you must die. Not the best reaction uh, to a sermon. But listen to Jeremiah's response, showing meekness. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the things you have heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has promised against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. How many of us would feel like saying, Forget it. Let God judge you then. You deserve it. That's how, we, that's how we instinctively perhaps would feel. But Jeremiah showed meekness by loving them enough to keep on reminding them and proclaiming God to them and telling them to repent of their sin. A similar uh, situation can be found in the Old Testament character of Moses. In fact, in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3, Moses' character is described, and it's described like this. Now, the man Moses was very meek, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Nobody was more meek than Moses when he was alive. And he faced threats to his leadership, and in the very chapter that this meekness is mentioned, he is attacked by his sister and brother because they didn't like his wife. He faced people that were constantly angry with him. People that accused him falsely. But we read also how Moses interceded for them. How Moses pleaded with God to spare them when they had let him down and had um, sinned against God. Moses was a great example of meekness. But it's interesting with Moses because he wasn't always that way. 
At the beginning of Exodus, Moses murdered an Egyptian in anger and had to spend 40 years in the wilderness where God prepared him for this ministry of leading God's people. And this, Moses shows us that meekness is worked in us by God over a long period of time and often through great trials. But of course, the greatest example of, in all of the Beatitudes is our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus talks a lot in the Gospels about who he is, but not often do we hear him describing his character. But one characteristic he does describe is his meekness. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why should we learn from Jesus? Because I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus describes himself as meek. And we see the kind of meekness Jesus is talking about in this beatitude in his trial. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter says about Jesus, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And I think we see here where meekness comes from. It comes from the security that God is in control. Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And because he entrusted himself to God, he felt no need to retaliate and to speak his defense because he knew that he could trust his Father. If we are secure in God, know that he is in control, then even the suffering at the hands of others we see is part of God's sovereign plan. And we don't need to defend ourselves. We don't need to take vengeance because God will judge justly. That's Jesus. And Jesus knew this and showed his meekness by not defending himself under provocation, but rather submitting to the Father's will. And even when he was hanging on a cross, he was able to say about his abusers, Father, forgive them. In all of those examples, we see people letting go of their pride before people. Now, one objection that you might make, or at least I made to myself as I was putting this together, was what about when we are falsely accused, perhaps in court, or if our job is under threat because of lies and we have to defend ourselves. Well, I think in those situations, uh, we're bound under oath to tell the truth about the situation when we're asked about it. Those situations where we must defend ourselves are very different to where we jump to our defense for the sake of our pride. And sometimes, even in those situations, there may be times where we have to let things go. But more often, in our everyday lives, there are so many opportunities, aren't there, to jump to our defense instead of letting things go. And we do so because of our pride. Most cases where meekness is tested are not court cases, but everyday life. So here are some practical ways of looking at letting go of 
pride before people. So the meek do not have to defend themselves when they feel someone thinks bad of them. The meek can just let it go. Do you have to defend yourself against other people rather than letting things go? Perhaps when even you're accused of sin or think someone thinks you've done something wrong, is the first thing you do not to examine your heart but to jump to your defence. Sometimes, perhaps most of the time, our pride is rankled when we're called out on something or when someone thinks bad of us. We feel like we have to put a word of defence in or even make an excuse. The meek don't do that. The meek let things go. And you can see here why meekness is not weakness, isn't it? Because it's so much easier to defend ourselves than to jump up and and defend our, our pride than to let things go. That's why meekness takes great strength. Meekness accepts personal injury without resentment. It doesn't hold grudges and it let things go, just like Jesus has done with us. It's easy, isn't it, to hold on to a grudge, to hold on and remember and, 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 and fe- have it fester what someone has done to us. But the meek let it go. Uh, the meek, uh, this is the challenge, isn't it, do not always have to win the argument. When you argue with someone, do you always have to have the last word? Do you always have to be right? Sometimes, you know, you might be right. But usually the things that we're right on when we argue are not really heels worth dying on. And some things we can just let go. And you can see how this can help in situations of conflict, can't you? When when you don't have to insist on always being right. It can resolve so much. Meekness deals gently with others' failures. Other people uh, let us down. Other people let the church down. I let people down. I let the church down. And if we see ourselves in the right way before God, we cannot help, can we, but be gentle with those who sin and who let us down. The meek receive criticism well from others and love them, even if the criticism might not be justified. Our initial response, at least, um, I mean, I'm examining my own heart here, so maybe it might just be me, but I, I doubt it. But our initial response to criticism is to do two things, to defend ourselves and to accuse the critic. So, no, I don't do that, but you do this. The meek accept the criticism and let it go. And then the final uh, one of of this list, uh, meekness controls passion. When I say passion, I don't mean passion in, in, in the right way. There's things we ought to be passionate about, but I'm talking about being slow to anger. Meekness is slow to anger because we realize that everything is under God's control. I mean, for example, how meek are we when we're driving (laughs) and someone cuts us up? That's always a good test, isn't it, of how meek we are. 
You see, this is hugely challenging, isn't it? But as we grow in grace through the power of the Spirit, we become more like Jesus calls us to be here. And I hope you can see that as we apply what meekness looks like, there is an awful lot of self-control involved. This means that every day there are choices to be made about how we respond to situations. And when making these choices, it's good to remember that the meek are blessed. And what are they blessed with? With inheriting the earth. The meek will inherit the earth. This phrase occurs, as we read in Psalm 37 verse 11, where it seems Jesus is quoting from. Psalm 37:11 says, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Now in this psalm, David has the conundrum of the, of the wicked seeming to prosper. And in the part of the psalm where David talks about the meek, he's saying that those that let go of pride and submit to God, the opposite of the wicked, they are the ones that will inherit the land. And notice the unexpectedness of this blessing. In the psalm, it's to all unexpected. Of all the people in the world, it is the meek who get to have everything in the end. It's the meek that inherit the land. Now, an inheritance is usually associated with receiving something when someone dies. But actually, you can receive your inheritance at any time that the person you're inheriting from wishes to give it you. So if I wanted to, I could give my children uh, an inher- a part of their inheritance now, if I so wished. For David, the land was the land of promise, Canaan. And David recognized that in God's time, this land of promise would be assigned to God's people alone, and the wicked would be gone. And as Jesus is saying, meekness is one of the characteristics of who God's people are. And in the New Testament, there are two ways that we inherit the land that God has promised us. And in the first way, we receive the inheritance, part of it, now. And the first way is contentment. The first way that we, in, the meek inherit the earth is through contentment. Let me explain. When we recognize who we are before God and we let go of our pride, and we submit to his will, we are content with what we have. And when we're content with what we have, we have all that we need. And in this sense, we've inherited the earth. Because we're not trying to strive for more of it. We realize that what we have is from God, and God has given us all that we need. We're content with what we have. Paul the Apostle puts it like this. That we, having nothing, yet possessing all things. Having nothing, yet possessing all things. That's contentment. We have everything we need from God. And the constant uh, worldly attitude of striving for more and more and more and more stuff for ourselves is not an attitude of meekness at all. Because meekness is other person-centered. Meekness uh, means we are content But the world is never satisfied. This is where we see an example of how Jesus calls uh, this life blessed and how it means now and in the future. When we talked about what the word blessed means, we said that it's looking back from the end, this is the life that we'll say is the good life. The life that's to be congratulated 
But in this sense, we get, the part, we get that right now. I mean, isn't being content... If, you, if I could ask you, um, if you were content, wouldn't that just be the most wonderful thing in the world? To just be content with what you have and not, not feel the need to have more. I mean, everybody would say, yes, that'd be wonderful. But if we're meek and we recognize all we have is from God and God provides what we need and, and I don't need more and more stuff, then, then we're content and we inherit the earth. And if you, I mean, I, I was talking this morning to somebody about when um, we went to Romania a few years ago and the Christians there that had nothing. And yet, but they possessed all things. <laughs> they, these were content, joyful, generous Christians. They were meek. And if you ask them, they would say they've inherited the earth because they have Jesus. And But the second way we inherit is what we are still waiting for. At the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1 and 2, at the, the God, when God made the world, it was all mankind's. God gave a perfect world for man to live in, where God dwelt with them. And in short, the storyline of the Bible is how, after we ruin that with sin... God brings people who have ruined the first earth back to him and makes a new creation. And Jesus is the way to that new creation. He died to pay for our sin, and so the state of sin which bars us from God has been removed, and we have access to God. In the language of of Hebrews, like we were looking at this morning, we can go through the curtain because Jesus has gone before us, cleansing us from sin. And the attitude of meekness shows that we are God's people. And it is God's people, the meek, those who do not strive for greatness, who of all people are the ones that inherit everything in the end. It's such an upside-down way of looking at things from the world's perspective, isn't it? Those that that the world will tell you get everything are those that that strive for it and the survival of the fittest. The Bible is not. The Bible says the meek inherit the earth. You can't buy meekness. You can't work it up. But God's people will be meek as they sense their poverty of spirit and they mourn over sin. One writer uh, who I was reading summed up the first three Beatitudes in this way. Blessed are those who give up their love of self, their love of sin, and their love of the world. Blessed are they that give up their love of self, their love of sin, and their love of the world. And I think it would be good to close uh, by looking again at Jesus and seeing how he did uh, how he did that in the familiar words of Philippians chapter two and verses one and eleven. And by the way, if you want to read um, a great uh, book uh, in relation to how to be, how about how to be meek and how to be content, then read Philippians. It's a a wonderful account uh, that Paul writes there. But this is what we read in, in Philippians. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being in what being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Jesus was meek. He submitted to his Father. He put the needs of others ahead of himself. Resulting even in his own death for people who hated him. And he is blessed by inheriting the earth, but also the honour of everyone who has ever and will ever live and walk the face of it. And whilst we won't inherit quite like Jesus, no one's going to bow the knee before us, the words he says are true indeed. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. Well, let's uh, close uh, by singing together. Uh, We're going to sing uh, an old hymn.